I've been marked by your presence And this one thing I won't forget Oh, how mercy met dirty The day my life was spent And I've been healed by those nailed hands Through the lowest of nights <laughs> And I'm no longer a dead man Now I walk in the light So testify If God still provides Tell the truth If he's been good to you Raise a shout If he brought you out Everything with breath Sing praises ever be silent and there was never a moment when you left me alone no <laughs> and there's no place I'll be going where I'll be left on my own hey now I'm
continue to bless as we open up his word. It's a wonderful privilege to be able to gather to speak about Jesus and what he means to us and what he has done for us. And Pastor Ava asked me to speak on the theme or the topic celebration, so many different things came to mind. And so I listened to the voice of the Spirit. We said, okay, there are several vantage points of celebration. 
And so, Lord, we bow in your presence this morning. We thank you because you are great and mighty. You are worthy and awesome. I present myself to you this morning. I say I am available and I ask you to make me usable in the name of Jesus. That your word would come forth with power and might and according to the scriptures it will accomplish that which you please. Have your way in this place. We thank you for victory in Jesus name. Amen. Happy birthday. events come to mind and we are all familiar with those songs on one event someone is celebrating another number added on to their years 
on another. We celebrate when two people are getting joined together legally. And on the third one, someone is graduating after years of study. And so for those events, we would look at celebration from different vantage points. But when we think of the word celebration, <clears throat> we think of a milestone, excitement, pleasure, music, dancing, socializing, and delicacies. Also, we expect an atmosphere of welcome and appreciation. And we visualize the venue <clears throat> and we expect elegance. We hear crowning music and we can feel a contagious satisfaction as the attendees exchange smiles. We can pretty much taste pleasantries among the guests. And we conclude that the host spared nothing to make everyone feel welcome. So this morning we look at the different vantage points of celebration. And we turn to Luke chapter 15, a story that many of us are familiar with. <clears throat> and we give the, the background information as to why there was a celebration. And he said, starting at verse 11, and he, Jesus, said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And thus is the background of this celebration that we are about to speak of. The younger brother decided he wanted to go where the grass was greener. But when he got in the school of hard knocks, he realized, wait a minute, what is this I left behind? And so he decided to go back home. 
And we pick up the celebration in Luke 15, 25 through 32. Now his elder son was in the field. And as he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said unto him, Thy brother is come, and thy father hath killed the fatted calf, because he hath received him safe and sound. And he was angry and would not go in. Therefore came his father out and entreated him. And he answering said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee, neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment. And yet thou never gavest me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this thy son was come, which hath devoured thy living with harlots, Thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. It was meet that we should make merry and be glad. For this thy brother was dead, and is alive again, and was lost, and is found. we see at least three aspects of this celebration. In verse 25, we find there was a feast. In verse 27, there was an announcement. And in verse 29, and also in 31, we see some introspection. A feast, an announcement, and introspection. We can expect that the element of the, the atmosphere that the father presented was one of great ambience. The fatted calf was killed. The brother heard music and dancing as he approached the house. There was lots of celebration. And we expect that for a celebration, there should be pleasure and socializing and excitement and joy. But from the older brother's perspective, it was none of that. The only thing he could think of in verse 28, it says, and he was angry and would not go in. What is our vantage point when we see a celebration? The best thing the brother could do was point out 
the younger brother's faults. This your wayward, selfish, rowdy, unproductive, unappreciative son came back. Daddy, did you think of those things? And that fatted calf that you killed for him? You know, I had my eye on that calf. That's the one I was hoping that I was would kill for your father's day. And now your worthless son came. And that's the one. Among all the other calves that you have, that's the one you would decide that you want to give to him. But then, and he was angry. How do we react when we see God blessing Karen or Anne or Ruth? And we were thinking that that's the blessing that should have been reserved for us. Do we get angry and display the same emotion that the older brother displayed. But then the father said, wait a minute. <clears throat> All that I have belongs to you. Why don't you look at it from that angle? While you were still with me, you had the, the use of servants. Everything that I possess belong to you. And yet all I am doing is taking all this one little calf to celebrate for your brother. Never mind the self-righteousness. As soon as this thy son he would not even so much as acknowledge that that was his brother. He's stepping outside now. Oh, that's your son. The old worthless boy that you are celebrating. And look at me. I've been here with you all this time. What a vantage point. What a vantage point point but the father had a different view He's, he agreed with him yes your brother was all of those things he wasted his substance <clears throat> he was unproductive <clears throat> he was pretty much unappreciative he displayed all of those behaviors but I look at it in the sense that he was lost and now he has returned. So it was necessary for me because as far as his behavior exemplified is that he was dead. But now I realize he is alive again and it's time to celebrate. What is our vantage point of celebration? <clears throat> we move over to Daniel chapter 5. 
<clears throat> and we read of another celebration. There was a feast. There was an announcement. And there was introspection. In Daniel chapter 5, 1 through 6a, we read, Belshazzar the king made a great feast, a celebration, to a thousand of his lords and drank wine before the thousand. Belshazzar, whilst he tasted the wine, commanded to bring the golden and silver vessels which his father Nebuchadnezzar had taken out of the temple which was in Jerusalem, that the king and his princes, his wives and his concubines might drink therein. Then they brought the golden vessels that were taken out of the temple of the house of God, which was at Jerusalem. And the king and his princes, his wives and his concubines drank in them. They drank wine and praised the gods of gold and of silver, of brass, of iron, of wood, and of stone. In the same hour came forth fingers of a man's hand and wrote over against the candlestick upon the plaster of the wall of the king's palace. And the king saw the part of the hand that wrote. Then the king's countenance was changed and his thoughts troubled him. Another celebration. There was a feast. Now, Nebuchadnezzar used his own might in, in his eyes. It was his might that brought him to where he was. And so in celebrating, he moved sanctified vessels from the temple and he discredited God. And for that, in chapter 4, we are told of his punishment. Now, as if that was not enough, Belshazzar, his son, did the same thing. In that, the vessels that were supposed to be sanctified for use in the temple, he decided that at his celebration, he would use those vessels to drink wine for his wives and his concubines, and he discredited God also. And we find there was an announcement. While he was celebrating, what should have been what we consider celebration to be one of joy and happiness and another milestone, but he forgot God, the true and living God. And so in his celebration, he discredited him. And so an announcement came 
when he saw the part of a man's hand writing on the wall. And as he saw what we would call that announcement, the scripture says, then the king's countenance was changed and his thoughts troubled him. Introspection during that time of celebration. In Matthew chapter 26, Jesus and his disciples went to another celebration. They were going to celebrate the Passover. And the Passover is the commemoration of the Israelites' deliverance from slavery in Egypt. Should have been a joyous time. But at this celebration, this feast, there was an announcement. As we look at Matthew 26, 17 through 22. Now the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the disciples came to Jesus, saying unto him, Where wilt thou that we prepare for thee to eat the Passover? And he said, Go into the city to such a man, and say unto him, The master saith, My time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at thy house with my disciples. And the disciples did as Jesus had appointed them, and they made ready the Passover. Now, when the even was come, he sat down with the twelve. And as they did eat, he said, Verily I say unto you, that one of you shall betray me. And they were exceeding sorrowful, and began every one of them to say unto him, Lord, is it I? So they were supposed to be this celebration, this joy, this fun, this excitement, this, this milestone of remembering the deliverance. But then Jesus made an announcement. One of you shall betray me. And in verse 22, we see them taking introspection. Lord, is it I? And as I, I was preparing, I'm thinking, but a celebration is supposed to be one of excitement. As we listened to the songs that were played at the beginning, happy birthday, we're expecting happiness. Here comes the bride. We're expecting happiness. Pomp and circumstance. We're expecting happiness. But here the scripture is telling us about all these different celebrations that were not really producing all the happiness that was expected. And so the introspection took place. Is it I? 
This is our Savior. We've been walking with him. We've seen the miracles that he did. And now we are gathered to have a good time just remembering all the, the atrocities that we faced in Egypt. And now we should be so happy that we are no longer in that condition. And yet he is announcing that one of us, among all the people who are there, there is one that would betray him. Let's take stock and just pretend what if we were there? And at a feast that should have been happy, we should have been gorging ourselves with so much food that we wouldn't even be able to stay awake. And all of a sudden he comes with this sad, devastating announcement. And instead of thinking about how we were freed from bondage, we begin to wonder, did I sing my songs right? Did I love my neighbor the way I should? Did I tell someone about the love of Jesus when I was supposed to? Is it I? Is it I? And that's what they were all asking. But there is something about our Lord, our Father. As we think back on the celebration that the Father had for the prodigal son, <clears throat> the Father said, this my son was lost. He was dead. Now he is alive. I've got to celebrate for him. And when we think of the Lenten season, and we are coming up to Easter, to celebrate Easter, we think of the resurrection of our Lord. But we are told that the same Jesus who left is coming back. And he said, if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again. And one thing we do know about that coming again is that we are all invited. If we think of a celebration, we can look at the point of view, the vantage point of when we hear of a celebration and we were not invited, the feeling of sadness and disappointment that takes over. But we know of another celebration to which we are all invited. Let's jump over to Revelation chapter 4. Revelation chapter 4, 1 through 6. And let's take a look at what is being prepared. After this, I looked and behold, a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard 
was as it were of a trumpet talking with me. of a trumpet talking with me which said come up hither and I will show thee things which must be hereafter and immediately I was in the spirit and behold a throne was set in heaven and one sat on the throne now we have entered the throne room of our God for this celebration that is being prepared for us. Let us visualize what has been prepared as we step in for that celebration. Just like the older brother heard music and dancing and there was food and all of that, as he was approaching the father's house. We are also visualizing the elegance, the welcome, the appreciation, the contagious satisfaction, and the pleasantries that we will exchange. And verse two of Revelation four says, and immediately I was in the spirit and behold, a throne was set in heaven and one sat on the throne and he that sat was to look upon like jasper are you getting the picture mm -hmm. we walk into this room and we see a throne and there is someone sitting on the throne and there was a rainbow round about the throne and it inside like unto an emerald, green, precious stone. And round about the throne were four and twenty seats. And on each seat, there is an elder, robed in fine linen. And on his head, they had crowns of gold. Do you see it? Mm -hmm. And the one seated on the throne, around the throne was a sea of glass. And we can hear lightnings and thunders and voices. And we look off in another corner and there are seven lamps. Sense the atmosphere. 
And over in another corner, there are four beasts having eyes all over them. And before the throne, there was a sea of glass like unto crystal. And in the midst of the throne and round about the throne were four beasts full of eyes before and behind. You're talking about a celebration. All this is being prepared for us and for everyone because we are all invited. And as we enter that throne room and we see all that beauty and we hear the music, crown him Lord of all. And we are still standing at the door. We know there is a celebration of some sort because of the way the, the place is decorated. And while we're standing by the door, just wondering, we jump over to Revelation 19, and we look at verse 7. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come. And his wife has made herself ready. So we don't have to stand at the door and wonder anymore. Now we are told that this setting is for the bride. Because the marriage of the lamb is ready. The wife had made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white. For the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. We are told that God is preparing for a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. And we are all invited. This preparation is being made for us. Will we accept the invitation? And he says unto me, write, blessed are they. Here is the announcement. Blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. We look at the ambiance. We see the feast. We hear the announcement that this is for the Bride of Christ. And now it is time for us to take introspection. We already know we are invited. But let us look within and see if we have indeed taken the robe of righteousness. What is your vantage point? 
The elder brother's vantage point was one of anger. Belshazzar's vantage point was one of a troubling spirit. The father's vantage point was one of redemption. And now our heavenly father, he also has one of redemption, bringing his bride to himself. And as he invites us, can we hear him saying, will you take this lamb to be your lawfully covenanted savior? Will you take this lamb? Will you take this lamb? God bless you.